0: We're we're almost through the, the entire Bible, looking at the Spirit of God. We serve a living God, who is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. And we cannot cut out the Father, and we cannot cut out the Holy Spirit, and just look to Jesus. We must look to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. But it was Father God who sent the Son, who gave us His only begotten Son, that we may know Him through Christ. And God and Jesus told us through the Word, from beginning to end, that He would give us His Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to empower us. We need for Father's love. We need Jesus's the the redemption and saving grace of Christ Jesus, the work of redemption done on Calvary. But we need daily the Holy Spirit to live for Christ, to follow Him, to do the the things that God wants us to do, and to love God and to love our neighbor. We need the Father. We need the Son. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I pray that you see that as we teach on the Holy Spirit, it's not on the Holy Spirit alone. It is as we look at the Holy Spirit, you see Father, you see Son, and you are empowered by Him. When you look at Jesus You don't see just Jesus, you see the Father, you see Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit. And when you look at God the Father, you cannot look at just Him alone without seeing Christ and the Holy Spirit. Because God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we must understand the three of them are operative in our lives. Without any one of them, we would would perish. Without Father's love, we would never be here, because He never would have sent His Son. Without Christ going to Calvary's cross, we would be dead in our sins. And without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, we would not be able to live and follow Christ. And so God, in His wisdom, knows that we need Father, Son, Holy Spirit in our life. And so as we look to the Holy Spirit, as we're looking, we're looking at the work of all three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in our lives, but the focus of our daily life right now, as we wake up every morning, as we go to bed every evening, and everything that takes place in between, we have to understand God's Word that we need. 24-7 we need to be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Christ has made it possible for us to be cleansed of our sin. But to follow him, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is what God's word teaches us. From Genesis to Revelation. It's not in one book you find the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. It's from Genesis to Revelation. In in Galatians chapter number three, uh, Galatians chapter number three, starting at verse one, Paul Paul comes out with this: "Oh, foolish Galatians!" Ah, how many of you would smile at that remark, huh? If Paul came into here and he says, "Oh, foolish," you say, "What is this guy?" Talking about. Paul loved them. Paul loved the people at Galatia in the Galatians. He loved the Galatians. He wasn't looking down at them. He loved them. He cared about them. Who was it that preached to them? Paul. Paul preached to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul preached to them that it is by grace, by the work of Christ Jesus on Calvary, that your sins have been forgiven, that you are a new creation in Christ. Paul preached this to the Galatians. And they believed it, and they received it into their hearts. And they were on fire for God, for Christ. They were living in Christ's righteousness that was done on Calvary's cross. They were fired up. Paul stood with them, taught them. He did Sunday school with them. He he preached to them. He taught them. And then he went on his journey, thinking that, okay, and he left others to continue to teach them. Paul loved them. He imparted it to their lives. He sacrificed days and times to teach them and grow them. And now he comes back and he says, Oh, foolish Galatians. He's not making fun of them. He's not putting them down. He's telling them, you should know better, guys. I love you. You should know better. What happened while I was away? What happened while I was away? He's saying, you know, you should know better. Who hath bewitched you? If Paul could have got his hands on those people that bewitched them... I think he would have tried to wring their necks. But Paul loved these people. He sowed the truth. The truth that sets you free. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But what happens? When you're set free, when you hear the gospel of Christ, does the devil run away? Does he never come back around your life? When you receive the truth... You become a danger to the devil. You become a powerhouse against him. And so what he has to do, he can't confront you directly because the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the devil can't come face to face because all you got to do is speak the word to him and he's flat on his back. But what does he do? He tries to get around and fool you and deceive you and bewitch you by other little things. And how does he do that? Through people with smiling faces. Through people with doctorate degrees. How many of you know the Jews, the scribes, and the Pharisees had degrees? They had degree upon degree. And they had it like toilet paper. You ever see somebody walking with a trail of toilet paper underfoot? It's like they walked into the room and there were all their degrees, you know, following them. But Jesus rebuked those scribes and Pharisees. Because he says, you're teaching people not the truth that sets them free, but you're teaching things, all their degrees and doctorates were just adding weights to people and they were just weighing them down until they broke. But Jesus rebuked them, he says, you with all your degrees... You're putting weights on these people, but you're not even taking one finger to lift one burden off them. But rather, you're piling burdens upon them. When they got their doctorates, they had to devise another another uh, another law that they could put on the people. My wife was teaching a Sunday school, and there were like 613 laws that these people, that, that we know of. There are probably more. But every time somebody got a doctorate, there was, okay, I'll figure out another weight we could put on them. And another weight. And another weight. Jesus came to remove the weight. Jesus said, cast all your burdens upon me, or your cares upon me, or your burdens upon me, because I care for you. Yeah. Who has bewitched you? He said to the Galatians. Because they were set free in Christ, but the Jews were coming back, teaching them to know, you got to work out your salvation. It's not by faith, it's by works. And little by little, these smooth-talking men, these men who were waving doctorates, we know what we're talking about, but here was Jesus, the Son of God. Speaking and teaching. And then the apostles took his words and began to teach others. And the scribes and Pharisees said, We know better than Jesus. We know better than Paul. Because we went to school and we learned the scriptures. And they told the Galatians, You can't be saved by faith in Christ alone. You can't be saved by faith in Christ at all. You had to work and work and do more works. And Paul says, Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Because the truth sets you free. Man and religion. And doctrines will put you into bondage, into slavery, into oppression, and they will abuse you. Who hath bewitched you? Galatians. He loved the people, he loved them, and he was angry that someone was able to bewitch them. That means to deceive them, to make them think otherwise. And it wasn't an overnight thing. Somebody just didn't walk in one day and and say something that made them change. It was little by little by little. And the teachings that you listen to have to be, like 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 the Bereans, have to be looked into the Word of God. Is what they're saying so? I don't care what the degree someone has. And today there's no scribes or Pharisees in the Christian church, but there's those with degrees and things that come in and will teach doctrine that is contrary to the word of God. And they'll say, but look, go in my office and look at all my degrees. I went to this college and this school and that school and this school, and therefore I know I'm the whiz. Hello? Hello? Jesus is the Lord and Savior. The word of Christ sets me free. Not the the inventions of someone's mind. I don't care how learned they are. It's not the inventions of intelligence that saves you. It's the word of God. The simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves you. And so he says that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes... Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. How do you get set free? How do you get right with God? By looking at Jesus Christ, who has been set before you, the crucified Savior and Lord. By His stripes, by His stripes, you have been healed. By His stripes... Your sins have been forgiven. By his stripes, you have been born again. This only would I learn, he says. Verse 2, Lindsay. This only would I learn of you. In other words, this is all I want to know from you, Galatians. Galatians. Did you receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's saying, he would say he's not asking them if they received him. the, The word, the tense there meaning that you have received the Spirit of God in your life. How did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God? Was it because of the works? Did you earn the Holy Spirit? Were you able to do enough works that you earned the Holy Spirit in your life? Paul was saying, no, no man can earn the Holy Spirit coming into your life. It is not by works that you receive the Holy Spirit. But how did the Holy Spirit come into your life? Paul is saying, or was it by the hearing of faith? In other words, Paul is telling him, wasn't it by the preaching of the gospel? When I preached Jesus to you and you received Christ into your life, wasn't it then that the Holy Spirit came into your life? It was by grace, by grace through Jesus Christ that you receive. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and the Word of God declares that God sends forth the Holy Spirit into your life. And so Paul is telling them, wake up guys, you know better. Go back to what I would refresh what I taught you in the beginning. That it is Christ alone through which faith comes. And it is through Christ through which the Holy Spirit comes. Not by works. You can't go out and do good and then go to God and say, Okay, God, here's my list of good deeds. Now give me the Holy Spirit. How do we dare we insult God? By making a list of good deeds and telling God, Here, I'm worthy of your Holy Spirit because this is what I did. How dare we insult God? How dare we mock God? And say to God, I am able to earn my own salvation. I am able to earn my, my infilling of the Holy Spirit. God isn't concerned about your works. He wants us to do good. But we don't deserve anything but death. Separation from God. But it is only through Christ, through the mercy of God, through the grace of God, in receiving Christ that we receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live for God. And it is the Holy Spirit in us as we've been preaching week after week. It is the Holy Spirit in us. God gives us a new heart and a new spirit that now falls in love with God, desires to do what God's will wants us to do, which is good, which are righteous things. And it is the Holy Spirit in us that enables us to love others. And so everything that we do, we do through the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. And then we can say to God, Father, here am I. And God says He will reward us according to what we've done in the Spirit, through the Spirit. God is not going to reward a man that, that, that a, a man who thinks he's done these things on his own accord without the help of God. Pity the man that thinks he can present to God a work that he himself accomplished and did on his own abilities, on his own accord, God will not receive that work. It will be burned up. God receives the works done in and through the working of love of the Holy Spirit and of the Word of God in your life. That work is precious to God because who gets glorified? God. Because God, you're saying, Lord, this is the work that you enabled me to do. That I didn't do it on my own accord, but I did it through you who live in me. Because in you do I live and move and breathe and have my being. And so when we go to God and say, Lord, this is what I was able to do because of you in me. Because of your abilities and and the giftings and talents that you gave me. the, The abilities that you gave me at birth. The, the the Every God has given you gifts and talents. You didn't purchase them. You didn't develop them yourself. God gave them to you. And God, through the Holy Spirit, develops those things that you're able to do what you could do to give God the glory and you can say, God, look at what came forth through my life because of you. But pity the man who goes to God and say, This is what I did on my own accord. Out of my sight Are you so foolish? Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Again, he's not, he's not condemning them. He's trying to wake them up. He's trying to shake them up. To, to say, come on, come on, listen. What 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 you've been toward, this stuff that you've been hearing, shake it off, man. Wake up. Don't be so foolish. Are Having begun, having begun what? Having begun their new life in Christ... How did they begin it? On their own power? On their own accord? But how does, did they begin it? Having begun, not saying whether they might have, it says you have. They did. They did begin their journey with Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, are you trying to do it on your own now, according to these scribes and Pharisees, telling you that you've got to do works to be pleasing to God? Well, we've got to do good. We're going to see. But the scribes and Pharisees were saying, you don't need Jesus. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You need to do it on your own power and accord. And Paul is rebuking that, saying, Wake up, guys. Stop that. Stop thinking that stuff. Trash those lies. Hush those lies down the bowl. Wake up. Who has bewitched you? Who came in teaching this other stuff? He's saying, have you begun in the Spirit, and now you're trying to do it on your own to please God? He's He's saying you can only please God through the Spirit, through Christ have he suffered so many things in vain if it yet be in vain paul is telling them there's still hope if you if you fell if you fell to their lies if you fell to their deception well that's that's not good but it's not over get up there's hope get up If you've been doing something, if if you've been lied to and you fell for that lie, if you've been conned and you fell for that, well, Paul is saying, well, look, shake it off. Get up. There's still hope. Every day that you live, you can turn to God, turn to Christ, turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord... Whoa, shake this off me. I want to live for you today. Paul said, there's still hope. It's not in vain. What you did is not... You're you're receiving Christ and walking with the Holy Spirit. It's not in vain. Get up and shake it off and walk with me anew and afresh. He's saying, have you suffered? And in verse number 5, if you just go down a little bit. Because he therefore that ministereth or supplieth to you the Spirit and... You see, God supplies, God ministers to you. What does it say? He, who is he? Not the scribes and Pharisees, not Paul. He, God, the Father. He, therefore, because he's saying, get up, because he that has supplied the Spirit to you, that has ministered the Spirit to you. Why does God minister the Spirit to you? Because he loves you. Because God wants to bring out the best in you. And so God gives ministers to you, supplies you. The delivery truck is pulled up to your door and said, Here, here's a supply. Take it. And what do we do? Tell the delivery man, No, thank you. I can grow my own vegetables. I'm just using that as an example. You understand? Nothing wrong with growing your own vegetables. You understand what I'm saying? But do we tell God when he wants to minister and give us the supply of the Holy Spirit, no thank you? God forbid. God supplies us on a daily basis, on a regular 24-7 basis. He gives us the supply. And he doesn't portion it out. He gives us a full supply of all that we need for the day. He gives us a supply of the Holy Spirit that we need to do what we have to do through the course of our daily living, of the moments of our life that we live 24-7. When you come up to a situation or circumstance that you don't know uh, what to do or how to handle, when you need a decision to be made, there comes, here here is the supply of the Holy Spirit for you to help you, to guide you, God wants you to use your brain. He wants you to think. You're not just some zombie. Oh, the Holy Spirit will do it for me. God wants you to use your brain and think things through. But God, through the process of your thinking, works in His Holy Spirit to help you come out with the right process, with the right answer. So God doesn't make zombies. God makes living human beings. Each one of us has a whole, uh, a, a different mind. Our our minds may be may be materially the same, but inside we're all thinking different thoughts. We're all processing different ways. Why? Because God made you that way. God formed your brain. God put your brain in the order that it's in. Yes, He did. Sometimes we don't use it all, but God gives it all. But God, through the Holy Spirit, wants us to think. He wants us to process things. And in our thinking, He wants us to know, in our process of thinking and analyzing things, that we need you, Lord. I need your Holy Spirit to help my thinking, to show me, you know, you know help me along here, Holy Spirit, as I process what needs to be done here. And God works in ways we can't explain it. But he works through your thinking process. He works through your through your daily life and he gives you the power that you need if you accept it, if you want it, if you desire it. And so he supplies, ministers to you the Spirit and he works miracles among you. Doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith, meaning the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. God works and works miracles through your life and in your life. And He does it through the Word, by faith, you believing, believing. It all comes back to you as an individual, to you as an individual, to me as an individual. When I hear the Word of God, do I believe it? Do I want to receive it? Do I want to believe it? And so when we hear the Word of God and we believe it by faith and ask the Spirit of God to get in the mix here then anything is possible all things are possible why because you have the word of god you have the spirit of god and you have the willing faith the willingness of faith to say yes lord i choose to believe your word i want i want i want to see you work in and through my life and so he says he works it all out Go down uh, to verse number uh, 11, Lindsay, of that same chapter. Verse number 11, I just want to move it along a little bit here. Uh, Praise the Lord. Because it says, see, verse 11, again he's telling them, No man, no man, not one, no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that does them the law shall live in them. What Paul is telling to them is that when God gave the Ten Commandments, he didn't give the commandments for salvation. He gave the commandments to show that you are unable in all your power, in all your might, in all your intelligence, you are unable to keep the Ten Commandments. You fall short. You miss the mark. Therefore, something else is needed and necessary. You might have the greatest desire in your heart to please God, but you will fall short. Because the Bible says when Jesus went to Calvary, it says he became a curse for us. He bore our sins and sicknesses, it says. So what he's saying is here, no man, not one, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Christ, the gift of God, the wages of sin is what? Death. If you try to follow the law, the Ten Commandments, you will die. You will die. You will die. Does it mean you're a bad person? It just means that you cannot, in God's sight, earn your own righteousness where God can say to you, Okay, I'll open heaven's doors because you were righteous. We have no righteousness of our own. We need something. We need God's righteousness. And God, through Christ, supplied righteousness to us and for us. And so Paul is making it clear to them. It is not by works of the law, Galatians. It's by faith in Christ alone. In faith in being filled with the Holy Spirit that you can Get in. Because look at verse number 13 and 14, and we're going to end with these two today. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Was the law bad? No. The law was good. The Bible says the law is holy and just. But the law was given to show every man that you are not Able to stand before God in righteousness no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter how intelligent you are, you will fall short of the kingdom of God. But God loved you enough, loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son, Jesus. And this is what Paul preached to the Galatians, the simple gospel of Christ. By faith in Christ alone are you saved. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why didn't the scribes and Pharisees accept Christ as Messiah and Lord? One of the reasons is because they believed everyone who hung on a cross was cursed. And yes, Jesus went there to bear your curse and mine the handwriting that was against us he bore he bore the sins of the world upon calvary's cross true everyone that hung on a cross was a curse but jesus had no sin in himself but he took your sin and my sin and the curses that were on us and he bore them on calvary's cross when we came to the table we said thank you jesus for taking my sin And my curse is upon yourself. Because I was not able, I was not able and never will be able to make myself righteous in the sight of God but by you. And so it says, he became a curse for us. Thank God that the blessing of Abraham, just go up to that, we're going to end with this one, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the the promise of what? The promise of the, the promise of the Holy Spirit through through faith. You see Paul is telling the Galatians, who has bewitched you? Come on guys, you should know better. The salvation is not through works. It's through faith in Christ and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, of the power of the Holy Spirit in you, enabling you to live righteous before God. Because your works done without Christ and the Holy Spirit involved are not works at all. It's just done. I'm telling you the truth. But the works done through Christ in you and the Holy Spirit in you These are the works that bring glory to God and that God smiles at and that God rewards abundantly. So all of us in this room, we're doing things because of Christ in us and the Holy Spirit in us. We trust that God and the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. So I'm not saying your works are done. What I'm saying is that your works are blessed of God if they're done through Christ and the Spirit of God in you. That is why I'm just challenging you according to the Word of God. I'm not presenting a strange doctrine. I'm presenting the Word of God before you. That all that you do, every process that you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to be involved. To be involved. That the love of God, of the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit of God be involved in everything that you do. Every decision you make. Every song that you play. Every song that you sing. Everything that you do. Every every class that you teach. Every, greet, every hand that you shake. That God be there with you. And the Holy Spirit. And that God be involved. And that will bring you delight to God. And it will bring great reward. And I just want to end with this the promise of the Spirit through faith. And he's talking about Joel, the prophet Joel. He said, In the end days, in the last days, I will pour out my I will pour, pour, pour. He doesn't ration, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The scribes and the Pharisees says, You can't God can't bless woman. Woman have no place in the house of God, in the temple. Women are second-rate or lower citizens, maybe close next to dogs or Gentiles. They were low. Women, you were low in, the, in, in that part. But Jesus says, oh, when you look at the ministry of Christ, he, he ministered more to women, I think, than, well, not, I won't say more, but he, he ministered mightily to women first women he met were women. He the first ones that preached about Jesus was, was woman, Anna, the first preacher, preached about Jesus in the temple. Think about what the scribes and Pharisees thought of that. Hmm? But Christ came to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he said, men and women, my sons and my daughters shall prophesy my sons and my daughters shall be filled with my spirit and shall do great things you see god through christ pours out his spirit upon everyone man woman child doesn't matter god wants his spirit to fill your life so that he can work in you and through you for his glory and for your sake. And so receive the Holy Spirit. Enable Him. Say, Holy Spirit, become interactive in my life in every way. He wants to be interactive in your life in every way, shape and form. And so we're going to end here this morning.